0: Good stuff. Man, nothing like the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, I want to share a word with you, so get your Bibles out. Oh, come on now. That was, that, that, was like, that was like bad. Come on, get your Bibles out. Thank you, Jesus. And go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 28. Now, I want to start a new message tonight. And I'm going to, I don't know where I'm going or how far I'm going to get in it. I, I'm just going to uh, launch off in this thing, but I want to stay on it for a while. Title of the message is God's Ministers. Or it could be Bold Believers. Or it could be God's Ministers, Bold Believers. But we'll go with God's Ministers. Or Bold Believers, are BBs. BBs. Bold believers, but Proverbs twenty-eight verse one, it says the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Amen. Look at Revelations chapter five verse four. Revelations five four it says, "So I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the scroll or to look at it." But one of the elders said to me, "Hey man, don't worry." behold the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Amen. The line of the tribe of Judah. Now you can go back and you can look in the book of Numbers and the book of Leviticus and and God had Moses take every one of the tribes of Israel and they had a standard. A standard was a flag. It was a you know, their, their symbol, their emblem of, of whatever their tribe was. And when they camped around the, the tabernacle, they had certain places they had to set up and they had to set the standard. And then the, then all of those, you know, whoever they were, the children of Reuben or Simeon or, or Judah or Ishkar, or whoever, they all set up in certain ways and they always set up exactly the same. And if you had that drawn out, you looked at it and the tribes and the numbers of the tribe, and if you'd have flown over in an airplane, looked down, it would have been a giant cross. On the ground, okay? It was always set up like that. They didn't know it was a cross. I don't guess unless somebody ever crawled up on the side of the hill and they looked at it. I don't know if they know it. it. looks like a big X. I don't know, you know, but it was a cross. It was exactly a cross that was right there with the tabernacle being in the center of it. And the, the standard for Judah, the tribe of Judah, was a line. Now, I don't know. It doesn't say how they picked them, okay? It doesn't say. It just said God told them to, to do it, and that's what they came up. So the, to Judah, who the tribe that Jesus is from, was a lion. And it says, and right there I just read to you in Proverbs 28.1, it says that we as the believers should be bold as a lion. Hello? Have y'all, have y'all ever been even to a zoo and seen a full-grown lion? Not like a wimpy lion, like didn't get fed enough, not like an old skinny lion, but a full-grown lion lion. i never forget that we were in Africa, and we would hear them out in the, you know, out into the the brush there, and they would just be roaring, and and I mean, it was a terrifying thing to hear them at night. Like, you hear coyotes around here, you know, and you think, oh, it's a bunch of coyotes, but you don't really, like, throw fear in you, right? It's more of an irritation of what are they going to do, you know, what are they going to try to kill, something of this nature. But when a lion roars, I mean, it it makes you want to tremble. It's, it's, it's scary when, the, when a lion roars. And when Jesus roars, hello, things happen. And I really believe in my heart of hearts that the lion of the tribe of Judah is wanting to roar. Hear me now. And what he's looking for is he's looking for some bold believers. He's looking for some people that will hear his roar, and instead of being afraid, will Will become emboldened, I don't know if that's a word, but I'm using it. Emboldened to say, that's my master. The the wicked, they're gonna flee. But to say that roar, that 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 roar, it doesn't scare me. It makes me bold to be a believer. Christians have been so beat down. That, you know, we've got so many, so so much politics and liberal stuff going on that Christians just get beat down like, you you know, like you shouldn't pray or you shouldn't use the name of Jesus or you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Or you can't do this. You're going to offend somebody if you do that or whatever. But I'm telling you, I believe the tribe, I believe Jesus is clearing his throat. throat) I believe he's getting ready to roar. I believe it. I believe it. And I believe when he roars, the veil of the temple is going to be pulled back, and I believe the glory of God's going to come forth, and I believe that he's just looking for some believers to work with. Now, let me show you something. Go to a New Testament uh, book of Mark, 16, last chapter of Mark, verse 19, 16, 19, the end when Jesus has been with his disciples for 40 days, and He's about to go up into heaven, and he says, and then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, he sat down at the right hand of God. So just stop right there for a second. Where is Jesus right now? So meaning he's in a position of authority and power, correct? That he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. He's not trying to get there, gonna work up there. He's gonna get there someday. No, he's there in the position, in the seat of authority, the right hand of the throne of God, the creator of the worlds, our heavenly father. He's right there. Through the cross 2,000 years ago, through the, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he arose to the position, you can go read in Ephesians 1, 17, 18, 19, to become head and authority over all things hello so all things means all things that means the little things going on here on the earth that means the kingdoms here on this earth that means the principalities in in uh, darkness he's not gonna be in charge someday he is in charge today hear what I'm saying church He's not going to be in charge someday. It's not like we're waiting for him to come back. We're waiting for the Trump to blow. And then Jesus is in charge. Jesus is in charge today. Problem is man won't cooperate with him. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Man's not listening to him. Man's doing his own thing. Man's on earth right now. Jockeying for positions, trying to get power, trying to steal, kill and destroy because they only know they're demonic father, hello? That's like the conflict going on right now over in the Ukraine. I've been telling y'all to pray for that, pray for that, pray for that. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, you know, let's just reason something here, all right? Let's just reason something. Why would a country have the right or the authority to go take over another country? That'd be like us amassing and saying, you know, we always want to go take over Mexico. What right is that? Or turn it around the other way. What right would the, 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 the Mexico have for coming and saying, oh, yeah, you know, Texas used to be part of us. We want to we take that over. And you'd just be looking across and say, what are you guys thinking? Are you all with me? But you see, people are jockeying for positions of power. They're trying to enlarge themselves with power, but there's already one that we serve who is in all power and all authority. But everybody wants to worship the wrong thing. So the nations are worshiping the wrong thing. The governments are worshiping the wrong thing. They're trying to get their own power, what they think they can get their own hands on. But the one that's already in power, we know from what the scriptures tells us and what the word says, he's already sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. He is in power. Oh, well, wait a minute. You happen to be a believer in Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. You happen to have gotten born again, saved, and the Spirit of God happens to live on the inside of you. Oh, wait a minute. That means if he's in power and you're in him, well, what do you know? You happen to be in charge too. That's why believers need to be bold as lions. But we don't get, we we let the world tell us, no, no, oh, calm down, chill down, don't pray, oh, don't use the name of Jesus. Well, wait a minute. You know, the one thing I love about the Word of God is that I didn't make it up. It's only my job to believe it. And if he said that because I confessed him with my mouth and I believed in him in my heart, and that, I, that the Spirit of God would come on the inside of me and I would be born again. And then, then Colossians 1 and 13 said that I'm delivered from the power of darkness and translated over to the kingdom of his Son. And then if it says over there that I'm, uh, uh, in verse 21, it says that i am become holy and unblameable, unreprovable in His sight because of the blood on my life. That according to Hebrews 12, 24, the blood of Jesus speaks over my life. Then wait a minute, well, it's just my job to believe that it's true. It's not my job to make it happen. I'm not the one in charge. I'm not the one other than in Christ am I sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, but Christ is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God and all power and authority has been given unto him, right? So then why are you letting the devil talk you out of it? So then why are you letting the devil talk you out of uh, of your rights and your privileges as children of God? Why are you being subordinate to the kingdom of darkness rather than exalting the kingdom of God? You should be walking around your house all the time just doing the little chicken dance, man, just praising God. Oh, Jesus got me. I'm in charge of hoo But we don't. Why? Because like today was a gloomy day. We didn't feel like praising God. We're choking on cedar pollen and whatever, you know, and we didn't feel like it. I never forget one of the most important things I ever learned from reading the books by Smith Wigglesworth was he said, I get up every morning and I tell my body how it feels, not let my body tell me how I feel. And I always thought, yeah, you know, that sounds good, but you know, bless God. You Wake up, you're, oh man, what is this? You know, you, 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 you kind of lose the effect of that. But the truth of the matter is, is, is that we have to live in the spirit. And in these days, we have to be living by the spirit. We have to be living by faith and by by, by what the word of God says. And we have to be bold believers. We have to become God's ministers. God doesn't need to get us up and resurrect us every morning before he can use us. You know, I was looking at, because I've been reading through the book of Numbers in my daily reading, and uh, I was noticing how that... You know, the Levites were a tribe who, you know, basically, to put it real simply, they didn't work in the natural field. All the other tribes were, were gathering food, wood, whatever they needed to keep themselves going and sustain them. But the tribe of Israel was the Lord's, and they were, their job was the temple. And each and every one of them had certain jobs to do. And when you go through it and look at it, it's so detailed. Like, like one group of the Levite, the families, I mean, like they literally had to pull the nails out of the boards that were nailed down, and they were in charge of the, they were the nail keepers. Then the other ones were the, the rings that held the curtains. And then somebody else was supposed to fold up the, the, the curtains, and, and, and there was all this stuff that was just detailed of what you had to do, so basically as Levites, and then there was other Levites that were working with the sacrifices, other Levites that were going inside, you know, the showbread and, and keeping the candles lit and all that. But the, the group, I was, when I was reading this, I just thought this is how funny this was. The group that were the workers that picked everything up when the tabernacle moved, when it wasn't moving, they weren't doing anything. So basically, you had to get up out of your tent every morning, open it up, look outside, see if the glory cloud was there, <clears throat> the glory cloud was still sitting there, and it wasn't moving, well, you could basically close the tent and go back to sleep because you didn't have anything to do. Your job took place as soon as... They, when that thing, whoo, was moving, whistle was blown, everybody's out there, got their hammers, they're ready to go, they pick up their stuff, they carry it a certain way, they fold it a certain way, they do it all a certain way, but that was just their job. And they just did their job when their job opportunity came forth. And I thought to myself, let's just say this is the body of Christ. And so God's got all of his body of Christ out there, and every one of us has got a certain purpose and a certain job to do. And so you're, you're going about your day, and you don't have to perform your duty until the opportunity arises. But when the opportunity arises, boom, you've got to perform your duty. <clears throat> but most Christians go to church on Sunday, go do whatever they want to all week long, and then come back to church on Sunday and forget what God, how he has arranged it and how he has put everything in its place. Okay, so let's go to Ephesians chapter four. <clears throat> Verse 11, Ephesians 4, 11. He said, he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers for The the what? The equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. It didn't say that for the entertaining of the saints. Right? He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So he has a plan. The plan is you get taught and equipped to go do the work of the ministry. Well, where's the work of the ministry? The work of the ministry is out everywhere where you went today. That's your field. You got to wake up in the morning just like they had to wake up and look out and see if the glory cloud was moving, that they were supposed to go do their job and, and, and move in the tabernacle. Well, you got to go out every day and say, okay, God, you've equipped me and I'm in the field. And so what ministry do you want me to do today? Because it edifies, it builds up the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. Now that word ministry simply means service, ministering, especially of those who execute the commands of others. So it's not your ministry, it's Jesus' ministry that he's using you to do. You see that? It's not your ministry. This is not my ministry. This is his ministry that he's using me to do, right? As a minister, you're just following the commands of the commander who, back up there in uh, Mark 16, who's sitting at the right hand of God, and to finish out those verses in Mark 16, he says, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, oh, They went out and preached everywhere. Well, Jesus couldn't go out and preach everywhere because he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. So they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord was working with them. And confirming the word, his word, his ministry. Not our word, his word. He was confirming his word. Did you know you can't properly do ministry unless you know that you're confirming the work of the Lord, the word of the Lord, his word for that. And then accompanying signs followed. So they were out preaching, doing ministry. The Lord worked with them as long as they were doing his ministry. Now, you know, you know, and and Jesus himself said there's going to be some out there and they're going to cast out devils. They're going to preach. They're going to do signs and wonders and all these. You know, depart me from, from me. I never knew you. How did that happen? Because they were doing their ministry, not his ministry. Hello? Because ministering means you're executing the command of others, not your desire. Now look over at 2 Timothy 1.6. 2 Timothy 1.6. It says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of my hands. So the apostle Paul said he laid hands on them. They got gifts in them. And he said, but you got to stir up the gift. So the gift could lay dormant. You see what he's saying? He's saying you have to stir it up. So you could just become a fat-eared Christian. Look at the person beside you and just look over at their ears. You could just become a fat-eared Christian. In other words, you've heard and heard and heard, and your ears just got fat because you've heard so much, but you never stirred up the gift on the inside of you to do anything with it. <clears throat> Why? Because the world intimidated you to be meek rather than bold. That's what he's trying to do. The devil's always trying to get you to be quiet. He's always trying to get you and talking to you and saying, oh, you better not pray. Nothing will happen and then it will make you look bad. He's always trying to put you down. He's always trying to keep you from doing ministry. Which ministry is not solving every problem. Ministry is just simply doing what the Lord's word wants to be confirmed at that moment. Pray, encourage, smile, say hello, make cookies, be a blessing, give somebody a book, give somebody a scripture. I just did the, a funeral for uh, Mary Jo Osborne, and went to heaven the other day, 80 years old, went to heaven, and, they were, and, and her son told me that at 80, she was having trouble walking, but she would hobble up the stairs to every uh, apart, she lived in an apartment complex and every apartment and and take a little post-it note and write a scripture on it and said, I'm praying for you, and would go and just put it on the outside of the door of every, apartment, every uh, apartment in that building at 80. She just hobbled around doing it because she just wanted to do ministry, just wanted to be a blessing, just wanted to give somebody a word. How many people do you know that came home, saw that post-it note up there and thought, oh, I wonder what this is, you know, it's going to... Somebody's after me. Somebody's trying to collect on a bill. And then they look and read it, you know, in John three sixteen. 16, God so loved the world. God loves you. I'm praying for you. And how it touched their heart. How do you, you, don't even, you, you don't even know what possibly could ha- have had transpired through that. What miracle could have taken place in some family's life? Come home and find a post-it note. Had a bad day. Come home and they find a post-it note from this little 80-year-old lady down there just hobbling around sticking post-it notes on stuff. But she, you know, prayed. She just wanted to be a blessing, and God gave her that idea, and she just went around and did it. So what I'm saying to you is, but you could say, oh, well, what if it offended somebody? What if I put it on a Muslim's door and they got mad? You know? I understand that's what the devil would use to try to get you to stop and do it. Well, I'm tired today. I don't know if I can make it up those steps. What if I tripped and fell? What if I hurt my leg? My old bursitis is kind of acting up. You see what I'm saying? You know that every day that she had an excuse not to go do it. But no, believers are bold as lions. Lions don't take any lip off anything. They eat it. I'll never forget when the first time we went to Botswana and and the report came in, they said, yeah, y'all be careful at night because we had a lion attack. And I was like, a lion attack? What do you mean a lion attack? He said, yeah, one of the one of the park rangers is riding a horse, and, and, and the lion uh, attacked him and killed him. And I said, what do you mean he's riding a horse, and the lion jumped and like, took him off the horse? And they said, yeah, but the horse wasn't hurt. I said, what happened to the guy? Oh, no, he killed him. But the horse wasn't hurt. And I was like, forget about the horse. Well, we think the lion's not really a man-eater. He was really going for the horse, but the man was on the horse. I said, but the man got eaten by the lion, and to them, it was like, oh, yeah, this could just happen. You know, it's just like one of those things, yeah, happens. Lions just attack you on the horse, but we believers are supposed to be bold as lions, and we eat anything, and nothing intimidates us, okay? Now, the real key here, and this is where I want to just, well, I may have one more scripture, but I've already gone over time, so uh, but let me just say this. The real key is, is doing, and hear this real good, doing his word, doing his ministry. Because I have been around some Christians that were bold, but I thought they were crazy. And there's, 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 and then I've been around others that just seeing them operate just blessed me because it was the Lord, right? And so it's real important to know that what you're doing you're not just being bold and crazy because you're crazy, right? You're being bold because you know you're empowered because you know the Lord is working with you because you're doing the ministry he wants done, and therefore it's a blessing because you know that Jesus is behind you making it happen, amen? That's a glorious thing. Let me give you one more scripture. 2 Timothy 1.8, it's right after the other one. It says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me for his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us, he saved us and called us with a holy calling, Not not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus. See, God has a purpose and a grace for you. Everybody say, God has a purpose for me. Look at the person beside you and say, you, God has a purpose for you. It's a holy calling. Hello? If you're born again, listen to me tonight. Everybody out there listening to me. Listen, if you're born again, if Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, you have a holy calling on your life with a purpose attached to it. Every one of you, you don't just get saved to get to heaven, you get saved and then you're a holy calling upon you and a purpose to do the ministry of Jesus. Everybody. It's not just preachers. It's not just ones that are called to be evangelists. No, they were to equip you for you to do the work of the ministry. And what I really believe, and I want to stop right here. What I really believe is I believe there's a shift. There's a shift happening. And the shift that's happening is God's trying to get his ministers to work. And I think God is going to embolden people. That really is a word embolden. I'm not just using a word wrongly. Okay. That he's going to embolden you with the power and the might of the holy spirit to be his ministers and it's going to be so simple my wife told me the other day walking down the uh, grocery store line and there was a lady in there and how did it happen when, when she had she just found out she had cancer and you prayed for her but did she ask you or how did you find that that out she asked you do you pray she's walking down the just walking pushing her cart down there shopping and this lady just randomly looks at my wife and says, do, do you pray? Now, I mean, you can't get any more easy than that. Huh? I mean, that is about as easy peasy as it gets, right? When the person comes out and says, do you pray? But I mean, you know, you just think about it. I mean, my wife, I mean, she's a sweetheart, but she's just going down there and the lady just picks her out and says, do you pray? And so I said, well, yes. And she said, well... And she, wasn't it, that was the one that she'd got diagnosed with cancer, just somebody had cancer, and she just didn't have anybody in life, didn't have a church, whatever she wanted to know if the Lord prayed for her. And so she just stopped pushing, stopped shopping and went to praying. Now, I mean, that's really easy, folks. I mean, that's like the easiest you can get. If you want a sign from heaven that you're supposed to be a minister, when you're walking down the line, somebody just say, Do you pray? I mean, she didn't have a Christian T-shirt on or nothing. It wasn't like she had, I'm a pastor and I pray or something on her, you know? It's just, do you pray? It was a simple one. But it's exciting when you start to see that because you're knowing that God's saying, look, I I want my hands working. And here's this lady, you could have just been shopping. No knock on my wife, but I don't think she would have... She might've heard the Holy Ghost. You, the Holy Ghost might've pricked on you and you might've heard him then, but you were probably, I've been shopping with you before. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's a marathon. It's, she's going, she's looking, she's getting stuff. I mean, it's going and I always want to push the basket, but one time I ran over the back of her heel on the basket and I got fired from basket duties and I could never run the basket. I mean, I've been trying to get back into basket pushing. It's, it took me like 20 years to get back into basket pushing. And so now I sure, and I keep my distance, and I'm watching that I stop at the right time so I don't run over the back of her heel. And so I'm, I can do basket pushing again. It's, it's, she doesn't trust me because she still to this day says, don't you run over my heel. And so, but I've been with her, and it's, a, it's man, it's going. It's a, it's a jog. It's, I mean, she's going. She's picking stuff up. She knows where She's going. She's getting this and getting that. It's not like she's lollygagging through there. And I don't know that at that moment, you may have, I'll I'll give you that you probably would have, but another person may not have. Stop, but the lady says, do you pray? So all I'm saying to you tonight, church, is you gotta realize you need to start confessing every morning, I have a holy calling from Jesus. I have a purpose in life. Today when I go outside my doors, Lord, I'm available to be used by you. Lord, you speak to me, you show me. If I see somebody that looks downtrodden, I'll stop and pray. If somebody asks me, I'll say, yes, I pray. <laughs> right? You got to get yourself prepared because this, you're the ministers. And I really believe God's about to rip open the veil. He's about to launch out there. Y'all are going to be coming in, telling me all kinds of wild and crazy stories of everything that happened to you all week, of people that you ran across, things that went by, people you prayed for, people you blessed, and you're going to see miracles and signs and wonders because when you're doing his ministry, he confirms it was signs following. Hello? And that's the church that we're moving into. We're not just spectators, we're participators. Amen? Amen. So look at the person beside you and say, hey, get ready. Amen? Amen. Well, stand up if you would. Let me pray for you. And I'll finish this. I got some good ones. I got all kinds of things to get you in here. We'll get on the next few weeks. So Father, I just pray over them right now that, Lord, that that each and every person hearing these words tonight would realize that they have a holy calling and a purpose. They have a holy calling and a purpose, Lord. Gifts on the inside of them that need to be stirred up so that we can be used to do your work, not our work, not what we think, not what we want, but, Lord, what you want, your word. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that as they seek you, Lord, as they make themselves available to you by yielding their hands and their feet and their mouth to you, I just thank you, Lord God, that you begin to just do signs and wonders and miracles in our our midst. Lord, we want to be your saints that do your work. We want to be bold as lions and work in the ministry for you, Lord. And so, Lord, bless them tonight, bless their tithes, bless their offerings, bless their businesses. Lord God, everything that they put their hands to, I declare prospers and the blessings of God are upon them, Lord. And we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.